Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business. And as always, I got my co-host, my battle buddy, my brother from another mother. He's going to have to kind of help me out today. I am a little under the weather. But hey, no, this man needs no introduction. Mr. Brian Barefield, a.k.a. Big Sarge. What's popping, man? Hey, what's going on? Two things right quick, uh, Mr. Town Business. What's up, One, have you ever heard anybody say, man, I can't wait for the mellows to drop? No. Who said that? <laughs> Nobody. That's what I'm oh. saying. Oh, Two. Just... <laughs> What'd you say? I say, like, they don't need to be your friend if they're talking about they can't wait just for some mellows to drop. I ain't heard nobody like, say mellow CP3s, Blake Griffins, Westbrook. Westbrook's. Yeah. No, no. Hell no, bro. No. Not, not even when D Wade when <coughs> used to be a brand Jordan, right? He was with Team Jordan. No. Oh. Hey, but it's so funny because Jimmy Butler's Jordan sell out like no like they they sell out as soon as they come out, bro. Like Jordans. Who Jimmy Butler? Bro, let me t- try to find a pair of Jimmy Butlers, like old school Jimmy Butlers, not whatever he got now. No, try to find a like an old pair of Jimmy Butlers team Jordans for uh the uh like how the Derek Jeter the Derek Jeter Air Force. I mean Derek Retro Jeter, 11s. Jordan one. Like that? Oh, Jimmy Butler's sell out just like that, bro. So he did come out with a pair of retro sixes lat two years ago for the Minnesota for the Minnesota Timberwolves, and they did sell out. But they had to kind of hurry up and change it because he had got traded over to the uh, Sixers right before they dropped him. So they had to change the whole name. Hey, I got a pair of them. Them things is fire, bro. Like the the quality on them Sixers. Hey, they premium, bro. They premium. In fact, you see what I'm saying? Now, with, I'm just thinking, know. side note, uh-huh. that might be the KOTD Friday when I got to come back home. Hmm. What, Jimmy Butler, find us Jimmy Butler's? I got a pair of the Jimmy Butler sixes. That may be the KOTD of the day. And then Uh-oh. for everybody who don't know what the KOTD means, that's kicks of the day. So I think that might be. So if you follow me on Instagram, you do see all the different shoes and stuff I got on Money Counting. So thank you, BB. I think I, I ain't busting them out yet. So I have to take them off of ice. Bro, listen, well, you do whatever you need to do with the Jordans and the Jordan release date. I got another release date that I'm waiting on. I'm going to sit in front of Walmart and wait till they open. Even though I know they open 24 hours a day, I'm still waiting until Friday. Guess what's supposed to drop Friday? Hey, I think I got an idea, but is this true? Man, I don't know. But the little Boosty Ramen Noodles supposed to drop, <laughs> and I'm down, bro. <laughs> I am there for the little boozy ramen noodles. Bruh, and I'm gonna sit, I got me a chair ready. I got water ready. I got a jug ready. I got an e-tool just in case I got to use the bathroom. I'm ready for these little. This man said ramen e-tool. Noodles. This man said e-tool. You gonna sit there and build a uh, what they call not a uh, not a you know how you use the poncho and you get the little tent poles, but yep. it ain't really a tent. They call it like a little hut. Yep. Yeah. You go. Nope. I'm not. I'm, I'm braving the weather. I'm taking out one of them beach umbrellas and a and a beach chair. And a small little cooler, and I'm a, I'm a wait. I'm a listen. I'm gonna tell you something right now. I am taking me a burner plate because I plan on making the noodles right inside the <laughs> Walmart. first one. <coughs> I got them little boosy, uh ramen noodles, bro. If they do come out, dang. The crazy thing about it, the Bay Area don't even have Walmarts all like that, man. I'm gonna have to wait till I come back out here in Vegas to get it, bro. If they come out, they hey, bro. Y'all thought the Popeyes chicken sandwiches was going out at like hotcakes, man. 
Hey, Ooh. look, let me tell you something. Boosie got a video out called uh, uh, Hug Your Family. You ever seen that one? Uh-uh. Hug Your Family. Maybe say love. Anyway, man, Boosie talking about his family. And I'm trying to be in the family. So, yeah, on so, deck, Ramen News. Speaking of Boosie, word on the street is uh, allegedly, I don't know if you heard this today, allegedly he put hands on George Zimmerman. And then he came back and said he didn't. And I don't know if he's saying that. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Boosie is a convicted felon. Now, here's the thing. I actually know, like, like, know personally Boosie's lawyer. Like, I know him, know him. Like, can call him and say, hey, man, did Boosie really put hands on him? So I'm going to find that out. But I won't find that out until Saturday after. I don't want nothing to taint the ramen noodle drop. At all, at all. So with that being said, man, we got an action-packed show. Uh, we said they said we was gonna do this a weekly thing. Uh, I have been out uh, under the weather, so uh, it is what is today Wednesday. Man, my days been mixing up all this whole week. It's Wednesday. It's been a lot that's t- transpired since last Monday. Again, you listen to the Sports Business Podcast available on all platforms. So wherever you get in the sit at, this is where you can find us at, man. So, man, first things first, man. Uh, we had a pretty good national championship game with the LSU Tigers facing off against the Clemson Tigers, where LSU was able to win their first outright national championship since 2007, which I can't believe it's been that long since they actually haven't won a national championship behind the uh, quarterback uh, quarterback Heisman Trophy winner, the unanimous number one overall draft pick with Joe Burrow beating the uh, Clemson Tigers, uh, what was it, 45 to 25 or something like that? Um, yep. Yeah, it was 45-25. What was your impressions? Because the first half, I was like, oh, the, the first half of the game, I was like, okay, this looks like it's going to be a really, really good game. You know, Clemson has been, you know, everyone's been giving Clemson hell this year because they played in the ACC, which was basically a Pop-Tart schedule. Um, their only really quality win was, I believe, against, I think, in the college football championship semifinal against Ohio State. And they had a little bit of struggles with them, too. I think they were down 16-zip. Um, at one point in that game too, so uh, they 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 got it together. They were up seven zip. Um, they were up they were up by at least ten points or two at, at one point in the game, and they just LSU just man, LSU just turned around and just crumbled them boys. Man, what'd you think of the game, bro? Man, I so I liked the game. It was one of me the, too. It, it was a good game. More, yeah, one of the more exciting uh, games, a national championship game that there's been in a while because last year that blowout that Clemson put on Nick Saban, which, by the way, I was happy to see that because I'm not an Alabama fan. And anytime anyone can beat Nick Saban, that's great. So the blowout last year was great. It just yep. wasn't as competitive as I as I would have liked it to have been. Like it wasn't even close from the get-go. Yeah, and so the score, the 45-25 score of the national championship game this past Monday is not indicative of what the game was actually like. It was actually yeah. a competitive game Very. until the end. I was surprised, though. Let me tell you something. I like the way, don't get me wrong, LSU, Joe Burrow, and he is what he is. I can't wait to see him on the next level. I said this today when I was on uh, In the Trenches with Indy Kalu on the radio on Sports Talk 790. I said this. I said I have always said that in two years, I believe that the Cincinnati Bengals will be good with the with if they get AJ Green to stay healthy. They got Joe Mixon. You throw Joe Burrow into it. Uh, don't they have John Brown as far uh, wide receiver speaks to John Brown there? I so, believe so. Yeah. So you get a young man coming in like a Joe Burrow, who I am glad that he left Ohio State and went to LSU and had the opportunity to play there to mature and grow and to evolve his game 
I mean, it's just from one year to the next, he looks totally different. So to see him play, you know, I've watched him play, you know, throughout this whole season. But that game, for all the marbles, he showed why he was the Heisman Trophy. Absolutely. Why he won every award that he, that he should have won. Yep. And why he should be the number one draft pick. You know, Absolutely. Tua should still be a no. It should Hell be Hell no. no. Oh, no. Mm-mm. With yeah. that receiving core that he has, I was, you know, Chase. I love watching Chase and Jefferson. Yeah. You know, then they have the running backs and they have the defense, you know. Their, their defense is very, you know, it's it, it doesn't get talked about as much as the high-powered offense that LSU has, but that defense is really good as well. And I'm proud for Ed Ogeron, man. For, you know, Ed Ogeron is one of those guys, for those of y'all who don't know, you know, he had a, coach, a head coaching gig before, and then he had to go back to the drawing board to reinvent himself, did an interim uh, stint at USC, and then came to LSU. Side note, you know why they did not keep him at, at, at USC, right? Well, uh, yeah, well, the boosters didn't really like him just because of the whole Cajun accent that he had. Um, you know, he was he was too country for them. And so and being the a, players loved him. Yeah, so, and being a kid from California, you get a kid, you know, a guy from the South, you know, they can... It don't really rub shoulders, man. And I can I can attest, I got a lot of respect for Coach O because I lived in the South. You know, when he joined the military, 90% of your army bases, not 90%, but a good chunk of your military bases are in the South. So you do get to connect with people in the South and whatnot. So, you know, he's a people's guy. He's a player's coach. And like you said, the USC players loved him. It was the Booster Club, Lynn Swan. All of them wasn't feeling that whole Bayou, Cajun type of thing. You know, they wanted to be more white collar and Ed Ogeron's more of a blue collar coach who's 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 with, who's with the business. So uh, looking at USC, stupid on them because this guy, like you said, um, uh, kind of, you know, what we do in the military is what we have called an AAR, after action report, after each mission. Everything we do, we always have an after action report where we talk about what we did good, what we didn't do good. Ed Ogeron had a lot of multiple coaching opportunities and he failed multiple times. So when he got this opportunity at LSU, he actually utilizes AAR, his after action reports, and seeing what he can actually do to be better. And that's when he was able to get the Joe Brady from the New Orleans Saints, um, the other defensive coordinator that came on the board. And he was able to basically be, or he was like, all right, I know what I need to work on. Let me step aside and let these other dudes on my coaching staff help me out and help me succeed with these young men, man. Yeah, and so and like and that's why I said I'm I'm proud of Ed Ogeron and the way that he led that LSU program to the national championship. Now on the other side, I'm glad that L- I'm glad that Clemson did not win because uh, listen, I am not a huge Dabo Sweeney off the field guy. Like on the field, I like everything that he does as a coach on the field. Off the field. He's just too fake to me. And I know that some people came out and defended him when I put that out on social media that he's a really good guy. But I, I don't know him personally. Let me just say that. But from watching the interviews and listening to some of the things he said and reading some articles, I just he just doesn't come across to me as one of those genuine guys. Ed Ogeron comes across as genuine. You know, there's a story out that he went to a restaurant one time, crawfish, and they didn't have crawfish. So he ordered outside of the restaurant Crawfish I heard the story. Have it come to the restaurant so he could sit there and have crawfish. And, and I'm not saying that, I'm not trying to say that Dabo Sweeney's delicatessen, what he likes to eat, makes him different or makes me not like him. It's just that he doesn't seem genuine to me. So I didn't want to hear 
the press conference if they would have won. And I don't want to hear the redemption to a press conference that he's going to go on. I mean, media tour, press tour that he's going to go on for next season about how they're underrated again. Nobody gives them respect. I don't care. Just prove it on the field, Dabo. Step on the field and do what you need to do. I don't like the fact that I'm a huge Trevor Lawrence fan. I like Trevor Lawrence, even though, you know, he's 6'6". You know that, right? He's a big boy. How many uh, quarterbacks over 6'4", you know, have been successful in the NFL? How tall is Cam Newton? Cam Newton is 6'3 or 6'4". So, you got Cam. Are we talking, like, back in the day, or are we talking, like, right now? I'm talking about how many successful, like, success. They ain't even got to be Hall of Fame. What about Hall of Fame candidates? So, Randall Cunningham? You put Randall in the. In, you think Randall Cunningham is Hall of Hall of Fame? Wherever? No, I'm just talking about successful. I mean, they, they, they don't have to be necessarily a Hall of Fame career. I mean, I think That's Randall Cunningham. Mm. Okay, all right. So you you uh, so we'll we'll go, we'll, we'll go with Randall Cunningham. Ben Roethlisberger. Nah. Ben Roethlisberger. How tall? Hey Ben, how tall is Ben? Six four, six five. Something like that. Uh, let me see, Ben. He may be six five. Six five. Okay, so well, let me say. I, I don't know. I last the last six six quarterback I think that was in the league. Brock Osweiler. Was, thank you. One. The other one was remember Mark McGuire's brother was in the league. I didn't even know he. I didn't even know that. He was six seven. That could throw the ball. He could throw the ball from end zone to end zone, bro. How tall was Demarcus Russell? Man, listen. I, I, before the lean or after the lean? Like with before. the double cup or without the double cup? When he was sitting there throwing footballs on his knees 70 yards down the field. To who? Oh, imaginary purple friends. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I digress, man. I, so I want, I, I'm a huge Trevor Lawrence fan. I want Trevor Lawrence to be good. I want, I want him to succeed on the next level. And I mean, to lose your first game, your first game you ever lose in your college career is a national championship. I get it. You know, that's that's the one hell of a record that you have. Eric, I did not like the game he played on Monday night. He was inconsistent. He Look could rattled. not throw the deep out. Uh, after the first quarter, it seems like, it, after the first quarter, it seemed like the LSU uh, defense started to frustrate him a little bit. And as they got their footing up under themselves, they frustrated him for the rest of the night. And I'm saying to myself, you're overthrowing wide open wide receivers. You're missing the deep outs. I just did not like the way that that ended. I did not like that they did not keep using ETN like they should have. You keep running the ball, keep running the ball, you know, to open up for your for Higgins and for Ross. But they just, I feel like that they got out coach, bro. So all of the stuff you said is absolutely true. The only thing about Trevor Lawrence not being, so take into consideration, Stingy Jr., number 24 for LSU, is a true freshman. He basically shut down a whole side of the field by himself. Like, yeah. that's how good that dude was. So, you got Trevor Lawrence only really working with the middle and the other side of the field. Stingy Jr., is he was the only true freshman All-American this year. The dude wait, is... Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Are you calling him... You, it, it, you call him Stingy? Because it's Stingly. But it's Stingly. I will... Stingly, yeah. Stingly no, was being but, Stingy. But, st- yeah, Stingy is good. So, I'm saying, like, did you get... I, the only reason I asked you was, like... Are you giving him a nickname? Because that's a real good nickname. Stingy. There's stingy. Stingly Stingy is, bro, that dude is the truth, bro. Like, 
I don't think I've seen a true freshman cornerback just come in at a high-profile game and just shine like that. I can't think. I mean, I'm thinking maybe uh, Mike Ron, Philip Buchanan, uh, Dion. Dion. I mean, like he had Dion as type. Dre Black. Dre. That's what I'm saying. I mean, not even a Richard Sherman in college. I mean, I well, mean, Richard Sherman played. He played receiver. You played receiver, so. But I mean, he carry on. Both, you know that, right? He plays both ways. Yeah. So he, he I mean, in this past year, but he did. I'm sorry, I mean, good job. Yeah. So I mean, Trevor Lawrence was literally working with two thirds of the field because Stingley had the other field on one side of the whole football field on lockdown. So um, I just thought that here's another thing: Trevor Lawrence is a dual threat quarterback, so I don't understand why they weren't running him more just to kind of change the game up. They, sh- like you said, they should have been using ETN all a lot more. Um, I don't know. It just looks like the whole offensive game was just was just super duper off. Now, with the, like you said, with Dabo Sweeney, Sweeney coming out next year, talking about the whole redemption tier, tour, the ACC ain't gonna be no better next year. Uh, I don't see Florida State being any good next year. With who's their new head coach over there? For uh, Florida State? Yeah, they got a new head coach. Yeah, they do, and I have no clue on who he is. Uh, it don't matter because they're not gonna be good next year. Uh, so. Outside, it's Florida State, <clears throat> um, Syracuse. They always give them problems. So here's what they need to do: they need to actually probably play SEC team in one of their non-conference games, which probably ain't gonna happen because the season schedule's already been made up 30 years ahead of time with these out-of-conference games. So if I was uh, Clemson, I, I, you have to beef up your out-of-conference schedule because you ain't gonna get as much as much love. So either Clemson's gonna have to smoke everybody out this year, or they gonna have like I, that's the only way I see it because I don't I mean LSU should be back there next year. Bama will be back there. Uh, Georgia's gonna be there. Uh, you know your SEC team's gonna be there. Ohio State will always be in the mix. Uh, I would assume Oklahoma's gonna be there. Texas might be a sleeper next year. Um, who knows over there in the Pac-12? Pac I mean Oregon might be there. So I don't know, man. Like I think I think the whole redemption tour because you got to think about it, BB. Let me t- ask you this question: If Clemson was not the repeat champions. Were they one of the top four best teams in the nation? Yes. Okay. Okay. I believe they are one of the top four teams in the nation. And I I, I don't think that their schedule, you know, I don't think their schedule is indicative of how they actually play. I mean, you can't, you, you can only play who you can play. The people have Ohio State as one of the top four teams in the nation. But I mean, if you break down the Big Ten, who did they really play? Mm. You get you, they're State? playing names. They're playing names more than they're playing anything else. That's you true, think, and that's why that's why I got a big beef with like a lot of these Big Ten teams that that got these high rankings. Minnesota was a, a team that got blows blasted when they got put in the top ten. Penn State was another team. Wisconsin, all of those Big Ten teams, I can't take them serious at all. And, and here's the thing, too, Eric. It's uh, when you look at it, the University of Texas beat Utah. It by you know by a wide margin like they look they beat them like they stole something in the bowl game in which they played in and Utah at one point was considered one of the top four to six teams. I didn't think they were. I, I didn't think. Either. I didn't think I they did. were at all. I, I would put either. Oregon ahead of them. Look, if you had a team like Baylor, who ascended to the top because they were a feel good story, but mm-hmm. Baylor Baylor did had. Since Matt Rule, when Matt Rule was there for, I think he was there for three years, he didn't beat a ranked team. 
He went 0-11 against ranked teams. This past year, he didn't. He won 11 games, but the the two he lost was to to the ranked team to Oklahoma, who was ranked both times. Yeah. So, you know, the, it was a feel good story for yeah. them to ascend to the top, but they were never really good. Just like Utah was never really good. Like Agreed. Minnesota was never really good. Penn they State. just needed a filler. You know, yeah. you, you you ever heard, like there's some people that will, uh, during these award shows, they will go and they will fill the seats and kill yeah, the stars. Yeah, Yes, that's yeah. The, uh, when they went to the bathroom. So you know what? You know what? Next year, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're we're gonna start a segment called Seat Fillers when it comes to the uh, NCAA and this uh, college football tournament. I like that, bro, because there's a lot of people that be filling up the seats. I'm like, stop it! And it seems like every time they get put in the top ten or top five, the next game they play, they get blasted out of the, off the field. So it's just like, I almost wish we would just do a preseason top twenty-five. Don't announce nothing until what is it, week eight, week nine, when they start announcing the top four teams. Because it don't all of that ranking stuff is irrelevant, man. Look, I feel like they should start like towards the end of the season, maybe like three, four weeks to the season, and start a start a tournament right then, yeah. and then let the last week of the season be for the national championship. Put yeah. put eight to eight to ten teams in there, and be like, hey, y'all go at it. May yeah. the best team win. Yeah. So I don't know. So with that being said, man, moving on, we got. Wait, 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 one more question. One more question before, I, before we move on from this. What's up? You got a problem with Odell Beckham giving them kids cash? Because I don't have a problem with it at all. Joe Burrow sat there and dry snitched on him and said it was real cash. What What else would you think from Joe Burrow, bro? Right, 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 right. I, ain't got a problem with huh? I mean, I ain't got a problem with him handing out some $200,000 right there on the field like that. Bro, I wish I look. I wish Honey Badger would have went in his pocket, but then his pockets ain't as deep as uh, OBJ's. As OBJ's, yeah. yeah. So I ain't got a problem with it. Shout out to OBJ for doing this thing. Gave exactly. everybody some Beats headphones, and now you're passing our cash. So that sign on bonus from Cleveland must have been real good. Hey man, let me tell you something. It surely was. I ain't mad at him. So with that being said, man, we got two action packed games. Uh, are you going? Are you, I'm going to one. Are you going to the other one? Are you not going to? to that? To the uh cha- to the championship game? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, sir. Okay. No, okay. I have absolutely no reason to be at any of those games. The Houston Texans have been eliminated, so I don't have to be there for work. And the I Dallas Cowboys never made it, so I don't have to be there as a fan. Uh, I will be at a sports bar enjoying uh, <coughs> some libations or spirits, as the black people like to call it, and watching the game and rooting against the 49ers. So I will be, well, we can start with this one. By default, I will be at the 49er Packer game uh, this weekend. So we'll start with that. So the 49ers have already played the Packers earlier this year and blew them boys out on a Sunday night game. Like they beat them like, they beat them like a Cherokee drum, bro. Like it was really, really bad this year. Um, And they play the Packers again in the rematch. What do you think? Because Vegas has them as a touchdown favorite. Actually, more than touchdown favorite. It's like a seven and a half favorite. Oh, the, the 49ers? Yeah, the, yeah. So I was just talking about this with someone um, today after the show. I'm not ready to pick just yet. They beat them 38 to, 37 to 8. And, and the reason why I say I'm not ready to pick, I think I need until Friday to pick but for the sake of this for the sake of this podcast for the sake of this show for the sake of this segment I will I will say I'm gonna go out on them and I'm gonna take the Packers and the reason why I'm gonna take the Packers not just because I said I want the 49ers to lose earlier 
But if we're speaking professionally, that was my fandom hat. I don't want to deal with 49er fans, yeah, especially bro. if they win a Super Bowl. They're going to be unbearable. I'm going to have to block all of them on social media and in real life. But yeah, yeah. Well, not only uh, that, like 49er fans also got to take, take some chill pills. Like y'all ain't won none since I was seven years old. Okay. So that was like 25 <laughs> years ago, bro. Like for real, for real, BB. Like I was in the second grade at Clarendon Elementary School in San Francisco when they won that last championship, bro. So they need to take just as many seats down as the Cowboys talking about Niner gang, yada, yada, yada. Like, for real, bro. It's been a hot And they ain't been minute, in the bro. playoffs in six years. They have That's not been in saying. the playoffs in six That's years. That's what I'm saying. So, eh, you know, I have been to the last two 49er games just because I just happened to be in town. Might as well kill two birds with one stone. Cover Wait a minute. Hold on. Hey, look, in the mortal words of the great Negro poets, Migos, skirt, skirt. Uh, don't act like we're just gonna because on this podcast we keep it 100, right? Yeah, we keep it real, right? Yeah, I seen the pictures, Eric. You should be ashamed of yourself, hey, Mr. Town Business. You should be ashamed of yourself, and you know why I'm saying that, don't you? Why? Because I had a Kaepernick jersey on and a Deion Sanders throwback on and a San Francisco 49ers hat. And uh, I had never known a Raiders fan that'd be the equivalent to me putting on an Eagles jersey or Eagles hat or like a, a Washington hat. Hey. No! In the great words of the Negro poet, fabulous, it ain't fr- it ain't where you from, it's where you wear your toe back at too now, so. Oh, so, you ah. tell me, ah. so you telling me if you go to the Chargers game, you wearing a San Diego Chargers jersey? Bruh, San Diego ain't even wearing San Diego Chargers jerseys, man. Well, I'm just saying, you said ain't from, it's where you, throw, where you wear your throwback at. You can't All I'm saying is San Diego, Bruh, San Diego Chuck Muncy ain't got no throwback. Dan Fouts ain't got no throwback. Kellen Winslow, Winslow Senior. Kellen Winslow, Kellen Winslow Senior. You see what I'm saying? Nah, bruh. Nah, I probably wear an LT. Maybe an LT jersey. Yeah, no, that would be cool. I like LT. Yeah, I probably do LT. I had to get a chance to talk to him. But as I digress, I, 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 the reason why I have been on the fence and I, I wasn't going to pick anybody until now, and I'm going to take the Packers. I think that the Packers underutilized Aaron Jones the first time around. And that's the running back for the Green Bay Packers. He's got like 19 think, touchdowns this year. Yes. And I, the reason why I say I think that they underutilized him, and I don't think that they used him right. And what I mean by right is, if you look at the San Francisco 49ers front seven, they have the best front seven in the game. That Hands down, they have the best front seven – and the deepest, the, the deepest too. Yes, and the best front four. I mean, they have a great front four. But the they got jokers coming off the bench, bro. Yes, the one thing that I learned uh, about watching the old school Andy Reid led Philadelphia Eagles is this: the one way he used to always slow down a pass rush is to do what? Throw screens. Yep. You have Aaron Jones who is not only a good running back, but he is a good wide receiver. And yeah. I think that if the if they include into their game plan to throw more screens to Aaron Jones, even if it doesn't work, just give Bosa the, you know, the inclination that they may run a screen and that's going to slow them down just for a millisecond so that Aaron Rodgers can be able to operate. Because if they don't, because I don't think that the Green Bay, I don't, excuse me, I don't think the San Francisco 49ers are going to give the Green Bay Packers a lot of running room, a lot of running lanes. So you're going to have to create the space. And in order to create the space, you're going to have to get Aaron Jones 
out in space. And I know that people are saying, well, the linebackers can cover him out there. Yeah, but the linebackers can't, the linebacker can't cover him when he got two offensive linemen pulling out too. So if they run a screen and it only produces three yards here and four yards there and they take a five-yard loss, it does not matter. Just give them the, the give the defense coordinator the look so he could always be on alert saying, okay, they may run the screen here. It's second and seven. They may run the screen here. They may not. And so if they utilize him the right way, Aaron Jones, the running back uh, for the Green Bay Packers, they utilize him the right way, then I think that they could beat the 49ers because I also believe in the 49ers defense, but I, and I don't believe in Jimmy Garoppolo. So, you know, no. if they can focus on stopping the run. And look, I would force them to make Jimmy Garoppolo beat me. I'm doubling Kittle, and I'm putting at least, you know, four, five, six people in the box. Yeah, so that's a lot to intake there. Um, but but I think this game ain't going to be no 37-8 game. I can tell you that right now. I'm going to probably have to say the 49ers win less than – it's going to be a one-possession game. Um, I think there's no – I don't see them smoking the Packers again. Like, there's just no way they're going to get embarrassed again. only thing about it is Aaron Rodgers is from California, but for some reason this year – he hasn't played well in California at all. He got smoked against the Chargers, and he got smoked out there against the uh, against the 49ers. So I don't know what it is about him and him playing in California. So I don't know if Aaron Jones. Like, so the thing, the two things, what they're going to do? Yeah, they're going to have to open up the passing game, throw a lot of screens, probably a couple of delay handoffs and whatnot. But Devontae Adams got to do more than just four catches, 37 yards, with what he did last game. Jimmy Graham is going to have to step his game up. He had he had a crucial. Um, catch last week uh, that basically sealed the game as well. So those two good. Was Devontae Adams coming off an injury when they came? I believe so. I believe so. Or he had got hurt. One or the other. Either it was coming off an injury, he had just got hurt that game. So one or the other. Now the Devontae Adams of last week comes out of nowhere where he's out here getting what six, what like 160 yards catching the ball. Then yeah, it's gonna be a different type of ball game. So I think the game is gonna be a lot closer. Um, I think it's gonna be a very entertaining game. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I can see it going either or, man. It's it's really, it's gonna be a one possession game, but there's just no way I could see the 49ers just roll, rolling up in there, just coming in there and just beating them by another, another thirty spot. They kind of had a, a a pick me up against New uh, against the Vikings. Side note: Why is that every time the Vikings went on some type of flaky game in the playoffs, the very next game they get smoked? So. So they had the little flaky game in New Orleans a couple years ago when uh, Stephon Diggs won that one that caught that fluke touchdown pass. Then in the NFC Championship game, they lost like 50 to zero against the Philadelphia Eagles. Then they had the same thing that happened two weeks ago against Kyle Rudolph with the, you know, could have been an offensive pass interference. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Then the very next week, last week in, uh, against San Francisco, they get smoked, bro. Like, what's going on? Like, they just ain't, I mean, I don't know. But with that being said, I just think that I'm not going to say this is San Francisco's year because they did just come out of nowhere. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. All I like to say is I don't know. I hope it's a good game. Uh, if I had to pick a team, I'm probably just going to say San Francisco within one score, bro. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, like I said, I'm going to go with the Packers. And the more I talk about it, the more I'm selling myself on it. I'm going to take the Packers, man. And uh, I'm going to believe in the ghost of Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that he can have, you know, yeah. a bad, bad, he can't have a bad season. Like He won't be the reason why they lose. I'll put it like that. He ain't going to be the reason why they lose. 
at some point, man, at some point he has to be the one that says, okay, it's time for me to step up and dig back into that. What was that? They won it in 2011? 2011. Yeah, 2010 season. Yeah, okay, in Dallas. Yeah. Dig back into that bag, man. When you when you're at this game right now, if you're yeah. you're right here. And also, I think that if Aaron Rodgers just says, I'm gonna take a step back and Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, I'm gonna let you call the game and I'm going to insert myself when needed. But let's work this thing together. Yeah. So, uh, like you said, Jimmy G can't game manage the game. He's going to have to take the chances. He basically didn't have to do nothing last week. Uh, the defense was able to do a lot. Um, Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman, they sat there pounded that rock all game long. So, um, Jimmy, Jimmy G is going to have to do more than just throw for 101 yards. And he can't turn the ball over. I know he had interception last week. That really was kind of a non, non-factor. But if you turn the ball over against Green Bay, they're going to make you pay for it. So, he can't hey, turn Aaron. the ball over. Yo, what's up? You were at that game last week, correct? Yeah. It. This is and this is why I cannot believe, and I said this on my podcast. I, I cannot, but I just can't put faith in Jimmy Garoppolo. After he threw that interception, E, when you were at the game, did you notice how many times they ran the ball afterwards? They were the next possession. They ran the ball eight times in a row after they scored. And then after that, like when did Jimmy G throw another pass? I mean, I'm uh, don't give me the start line, Brian. Like, don't don't give me the start line, bro. Like, I know the very next possession where I believe it was Coleman that scored, they ran the ball eight times in a row. So, so I don't even know if Kyle Shanahan has all like has all of this faith put into Jimmy G. And then not to mention, it's like, have we seen Jimmy has have we seen a scenario where we're like, all right, here's the ball for Jimmy G. Let's go get this win. Like, we haven't seen that yet. So the jury's still out on this dude, bro. Exactly. So. And that's all I'm saying. That's why I can't put my faith in him. And I just think that... So I put like this. I think that him coming out of that uh, Patriot system sold everybody more on what he actually really is. Would you take Jacoby Brissett over Jimmy G? I think I would. <sighs> a healthy Jacoby Brissett? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think side so. Note, I think he's been railroaded in in Indianapolis before he suffered the knee injury against I think it was the Pittsburgh Steelers before he suffered that knee injury he was having a really good a really good season yeah very good he went down and now they're trying to use that against him but yeah of course I think I would definitely take Jacoby Brissett over Jimmy Garoppolo I think so too bro I think he's got a lot more upside than Jimmy G with that being said man so we in the National Football Conference now we're gonna move on over to the American Football Conference the AFC Championship game where we got Man, I don't know how these jokers are sat there on one. Well, I can see the first game, but how how these jokers are even still in it? The Tennessee Titans, uh, man, these jokers just don't—they don't go away, man. Uh, but at all. But I mean, hey, if it's working, it's working. You got the Tennessee Titans against the Kansas City Chiefs, man. Uh, man, it's gonna be cold out there in KC, bro. I can see why you ain't going to that game, bro. Woo. No, 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 it's, no, it's gonna no. be cold out there, bro. So I mean, who you got, bro? Oh my God! I won with the upset, but I I can't go against I can't go against Pat Mahomes. I can't, I can't go either, against bro. Pat I can't. I, I just I just can't, bro. I can't go against him in, in this type of game. Um, I think they have all the answers to the test at this point. We already know the Tennessee Titans are a one trick pony. All they gonna do is just keep giving Derrick Henry the ball, and I mean that's not a bad idea. So let's not try to take any credit away from it, like. 
that's a great idea when you got somebody looking like the Incredible Hulk running down you just every single play. He can rip off, what, 60 yards at a time. I mean, and can't nobody stop it. I get it, bro. But I just think that, I don't know, bro. I just can't see. Pat Mahomes has all the answers to the test, bro. That's all I got to say. Well, now look at it like this, too, Eric. It's when you, so we just got you talking about the, the the inaccuracies and inconsistencies of Jimmy Garoppolo out there in San Francisco. I look at it the exact same way when it comes to Ryan Tannehill. Now, he had a great end of the season, you know, to even put them in a situation to be able mm-hmm. to be in the playoffs. And so yep. I don't want to take that away from him. But, you know, anytime that you're in, you play two playoff games and you've thrown for less than 200, I mean, I'm sorry, less than 100 yards and you've thrown for less then 200 yards in the combined two games. You're averaging 80 yards of passing a game. And I get it. Don't get me wrong. Derrick Henry is on an amazing run in this playoffs. I mean, he's averaging, what, hundred in between 160 and 180 yards? Didn't he run for three consecutive games of over 180 yards or something like that? So, yes, he had 200 with against the Texans. He had 188, if I'm not mistaken, against the Patriots. And so maybe he is averaging over 180 yards. He, yeah, he, ran for he ran for 190 something last week. Okay. And so, one, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I have no, no problem and no issue with handing the ball off, just turning around, handing the ball off to Derrick Henry. The problem is, is that so. Eric, I'm gonna put you in the time in, in, in the time machine right quick. We're about to go. We're about to go back. All right. Ain't that what the noise that they make when they go back into the time machine? On something the like that. Arms? Yeah, like on Chappelle shot the time 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 head or something like that. <laughs> exactly. Eric, the Houston Texans got up on the Kansas City Chiefs last week by a score of 24 to nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. They erased that lead in nine and a half minutes. Not listen, not two quarters. They erased that lead in nine and a <coughs> half minutes. So Bruh. no matter how many times you hold on to the ball and feed Derrick Henry and go on these long drives, if you have them, all they need for you to do is have to punt one yeah. time. Yeah. And they're gonna score, and yeah. then they come down. If they if the defense holds you again. You're going to have to punt, and now guess what? Now they've upped on you two scores. And yeah. I don't believe in Ryan Tannehill being able to – they're going to suffer from the same thing the Baltimore Ravens suffered against the Tennessee Titans last week. They don't know how to play from behind. And when you're a running team like that, you don't you can't know afford. how to play from behind. And, and Tannehill, you, you know, I love A.J. Brown. I love A.J. Brown. I like everything that he gives that team. He's a legit number one receiver. He's a number yeah. one. Yeah, so I love everything that he gives the Tennessee Titans. But I don't see him balling out, being able to bring them back. Now, I, I would love to see it. On my podcast, I talked about how the, the 2019 Titans remind me of the 2007 New York Giants, a, a wild card team that's defeating teams that they didn't have no uh, – they, they didn't think that they were going to beat. I mean, that year they beat the Bucks, they beat the Cowboys, and they beat the Packers. That Cowboys victory – uh, hurt me. That hurt my heart because I'm like, yo, y'all are the number one seed. Ain't y'all that the year that's when uh, T.O. was like, that's my quarterback? And yes, and that's when Whitney and Romo decided to go down to Mexico. Yeah, when right. they took they took Wade Phillips, head coach Wade Phillips um, uh, words the wrong way. He told them to get away from football. He didn't tell them to get out of the country. 
and they came yeah. back and Romo didn't have a good game and Witt didn't have a good game. And so you that year they won the Super Bowl against the Patriots. You know who was on that Patriots team, right? Mike Vrabel. He was, yeah, yeah. Coach he had coaches Titans. Titans, yeah. Yeah. So he's watching that he's he's seen this blueprint before. Yeah. So he's seen this before, like he knows that it can happen. And they built confidence, but they ain't built enough confidence and and, and I'm going to say this and I'm going to be quiet. I have a whole nother reason why I want the Kansas City Chiefs to win. I want them to win it all. I want them to win the Super Bowl so I can go back and see the squandering of the Cleveland Browns, the, the New York Giants, the Carolina Panthers, the, the team out of Washington, those teams who needed a head coach and decided to take, well, let, you know what, let me eliminate Washington. I'm just going to say Carolina, New York, and Cleveland, you all decided to take coordinators who don't even have half of what Eric Bieniemy has and what. Bro, he's, he's the truth, man. He is the I, truth, and that's why I want him to win, so I can hear them come up with another excuse. Because the reason why I think Stephen Jones for the Cowboys came out and said, "Well, the reason uh, uh, some of the African American." Um, uh, candidates are not being picked is because you know we're looking for guys who have been in the OC positions where there are only two black offensive coordinators as Byron Leverage and Eric Bieniemy. but then mm. New York goes out to hire the <coughs> wide receiver guy Matt no whatever no one's even heard of exactly so that's why Eric I, I, I'm off my soapbox bro that's why I want him yeah, so I, like you said, and the fact that KC came down from a 24 zip game in the middle of the second quarter and blew these boys out by, what was it, 20, 21? Uh, by 20. Yeah, they, so they were down by 24 and beat them by 20, 20. Like, that's just unheard of. I just feel like they're healthy at the right time. They got a good running game. Pat Mahomes, I think, I think we all got caught up with the whole Lamar Jackson, uh, Hype, and let's not get it wrong. Lamar Jackson is by far the the NFL MVP. So there's nothing taken away from Lamar Jackson. You know, Pat Mahomes just got hurt a couple of games, and people kind of you know toned him down. They had a couple of bad losses. Um, now, I'm not saying against the Texans was a bad loss, but they did have a couple of little stink. They threw up a couple of stinkers throughout the season. But Pat Mahomes kind of is reminding everybody that he is that dude, bro. Like he is that dude, and he can sling the ball. And he's got three three receivers. Hartman, Sammy Watkins, and Tyree Kill that can just turn on the Jets at any given time and take it to the house. And it, it, you blink and they're already in the house. So I think that their defense is held, holding up. You got uh, the Honey Badger there. You also got T-Sizzle, uh, T Terrell Suggs. That was a nice little uh, late season pickup where he can come in on crucial downs, uh, help out with the pass rush. You got Frank, Frank Clark, um, who's a monster out there who sat there and earned his money. Um, I was kind of skeptical about that trade, but it looks like it's paying off and he's showing why he's worth all the money and he's he's throwing up some good numbers. So I just think that Tennessee's magic is coming to a screeching halt and they're about to just run into a buzzsaw, bro. Because, um, I mean, the ten I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs could have just threw chucked up the deuces, but like, all right, we done um, against the Texans. But nah, that wasn't even remotely close to what, it, what ended up happening. Uh, they just kept plugging away. And next thing you know it, like you said, it was almost like a basketball run where you you just go on a 20-20-20-0 run. And it's, it ain't nothing you can do. You just blink and there it is. So I think I think it'll be a little bit closer. I would say KC wins by a touchdown, bro. I think it I think that they're gonna win by more than a touchdown only because like I said, they can get up on you really quick. That twenty-eight that twenty-eight oh run that they went on to come back against the Houston, Texas man. I, I have it I put it like this. I lived in a time where 
I watched the run and shoot personally, like up close and personal. I seen, I seen uh, Kevin Gil- Kevin Gilbride run the run and shoot with the Houston Oilers, bro. Like I'm watching this live yeah. with Warren Moon and Haywood Jeffries and uh, Curtis Duncan. Nah, I can't think of the other one. Name. But anyway, I'm watching it. I've yeah. seen, I've seen the run and shoot. Yeah. I've watched the USFL when they had the Houston Gamblers with Jim Kelly running that run and shoot. Bro, I've never seen an offense as potent as the Kansas City Chiefs that can do with it. What, what I witnessed on last Sunday, what they did to the Houston Texans, how they scored on seven straight possessions. Like, that, I put it like this. that They probably could have put 70 points. Yeah, if they bro. To. Yeah. They could have put 70 points on the, on the Texans. But they, they scaled it back. And, you know, Andy Reid always has, you know, he plays with integrity. He coaches with integrity. You know, and he's like, I'm not going to embarrass them. I'm just sending a message that, you know, we're back. We've shake, we, we shook off the rust from the first quarter. And if you look at it, they had a, a, a series of unfortunate events happen to them to get them down 24 to nothing. They had the muffed punt. They yep. had the blocked punt. Yeah. And that put them down 14 to nothing. So, you know, with that type of offense that they have, bro, I, I just don't I just don't see it. I don't think that Tennessee can run the ball enough against that. And I don't know, is uh is Chris Jones is Chris Jones coming back this week? I'm not sure. Um I think he because he was out with a calf. He he had he had an injured his calf, so I would assume that he has another week to kind of recoup. So I would be shocked if he doesn't play to be honest with you. Yeah. So so, so that being said, man, uh BB, this is a, uh, uh, I don't know if it's a sensitive subject for you, but it's a its a subject that's near and dear to your heart, man. So, uh, what was that? Monday was a national championship game. Um, the MLB announced that they had found some tampering with the Houston Astros as far as base stealing, signs. Uh, they were using uh, advanced matrix where they were just uh, installing TVs. They had cameras out in the center field where they were able to basically steal signs from the uh, from pitchers and able to tip the pitchers. So they were actually, they suspended the manager, AJ Hinch and the general manager for the whole year. They also fined the team $5 million and they took away their first two round draft picks for this year, next year. Um, when that was announced about maybe two or three hours later, when the Astros owner did his press conference, he announced that he was automatically just firing both the general manager and the manager. Um, off their duties of coaching and running the personnel office and then come to find out yesterday the Boston Red Sox they um, they were in the same kind of scandal as well with their uh, manager Alex Cora who was the bench coach at the time for the Houston Astros back in 2017 when they won the World Series um, they immediately just went on ahead and fired him without even uh, conclu- concluding their, uh, their investigation uh, word on the street is that he may get a stiffer suspension um, whenever they do plan on announcing that, uh, word on the street is Carlos Beltran, who was was he on the team or was he just like a was he a no coach? he was on the team he, he he definitely was on the team. So Carlos Beltran, who was the manager of the New York Mets, it's my understanding that they're not going to do anything to him, but that looks like that might change. I think. Well, yeah, his he, there's a tweet put out by his niece that said that he's probably going to step down. Yeah, so they're using it credible source as far as that is concerned so with that being said bb uh the floor is yours because i know i know you've been very very uh uh you've been vo- voicing your opinions on on this whole thing via social media um 
I know a little bit about based uh, stat sign stealing, um, but I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you give. You got the floor, man. So my initial reaction was, as a fan, like as a fan, I was hot and I was mad and I was upset, Eric, because I'm like, I understand what you're saying and I understand that you know that they're stealing signs or whatever, but they've been stealing signs since the beginning of time, and so we were back you know in the in the late 1950s and 60s then we'll be talking about how they used to stand on second base and scream out the pitch that was coming and as time evolved base stealing uh, uh sign stealing evolved and so technology has been you know incorporated into it and i understand don't get me wrong i am not saying that that's what it should that's that's what should happen because you know there's a such thing in baseball that i just learned the last couple of days as legal sign still and i'm saying to myself yeah. that sounds like an oxymoron right from the jump how can you put legal and stealing in the same sentence it's advocacy exactly so I, I i i digress so like i said initially i was mad and so then i said hey hey big sarge take off your fandom hat right now put on your professional hat and let's attack this thing from a professional standpoint, from a journalistic standpoint, from a sports media personality standpoint, as someone who covers the Astros. I'm an Astros beat writer as well. So let's look at it from that from that standpoint. One, the Astros were punished, in my opinion. I don't have this. I don't have any credible sources when it comes to this. This is just Big Sarge's uh, uh, mindset. I believe that if the Astros and their PR department and their manager and their general manager and Jim Crane, the owner, would have handled the assistant general manager, assistant general manager Brad, Brandon Tobman's situation with the young lady from Sports Illustrated in the clubhouse after game six of the ALCS when Brandon Tomlin was inebriated and kept screaming, screaming out, you know, I love Osuna. I'm glad we got Osuna because that's the game against the Yankees that Osuna gave up a run and then Araldis Chapman gave up the game-winning home run to uh, Jose Altuve. So, during that celebration in the clubhouse, he kept screaming at three young ladies, one had on a domestic violence ribbon, screaming out, I effing love Osuna. The backlash from that, from the Astros, not just saying up front, hey, this is what happened. Like I was saying, Eric, when, when it came to the Houston Astros and this whole situation between Brandon Tomlin and the SI reporter, who now, once again, he was inebriated, and he kept screaming out, I love Osuna, I effing love Osuna, to the reporters, you know, like I said, had on a domestic violence that they had on a domestic violence ribbon, had on a purple ribbon. And so I, I, I said, I can understand now. I can understand why Major League Baseball would punish them like they did because Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, felt like he was embarrassed. Like you embarrassed us. Y'all yeah. embarrassed us yeah. because of the cover up and not coming clean from the get go. And you allow this thing to drag out through the media. And so instead of focusing on, you know, the World Series between the Astros and the Washington Nationals, who could potentially win their at that time could potentially win their first World Series in their history. 
you have us talking about this situation with your <coughs> assistant general manager and this reporter and him screaming out all these explicitives towards these women. And so that's the first thing. And like I said, once I put on my 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 journalistic hat, and once I went down this journalistic uh, journey, you know, my the, the media meditation that I like to do, <laughs> AJ, AJ Hinch should have been fired. And I love AJ Hinch. AJ Hinch is a guy, he's never done me any wrong. And, and if anybody knows me, I write for a small publication, Houston Style Magazine. That's not the ESPNs and the Sports Illustrated and the CNNs and the Fox Sports. I don't USA have a Day. publication. I just have yeah. a local Houston publication, and he don't treat me any different at all, period. He talks to me, you know, he used to talk to me and treated me just the same. So I am an A.J. Hinch guy. But by the same token, he deserved to be fired, Eric. And the reason why he deserved to be fired is because if you come out and you tell us that you smashed the monitors twice, and told them to stop, told Alex Corr and Beltran, you know, allegedly, to stop. It shouldn't have been two times. It should have been yeah. once. And the second yeah. time you called it, you should have <coughs> fired Alex Corr. And you should have benched Carlos Beltran and then just let him ride his thing on out. Just don't play him. Come up and say he has an injury yeah. or something. But if you say that you smashed the monitors two times, mm-hmm. but you still kept him on staff, you're just as guilty as they are. After the first time and you didn't fire him and you called him a second time, they should have been gone. So AJ Hinch, as much as I love AJ Hinch, I can't ride with him on this one. He should have he should have been fired. Jeff Lunau, huh, I've always thought that coming out of that St. Louis Cardinals, you know, situation. Situation with the when they got hacked, right? Or there was yeah, they hacked like, the Astros. So yeah. I'm saying they hacked the Astros. That means that y'all been doing some stuff that nobody knows about. So I That's where I was kind of, yeah, not to cut you off. I was kind of thinking the same thing. I was like, man, does this have something to stand back with the whole Cardinals, Astros hacking situation? I, I kind of started trying to put all the breadcrumbs together, trying to figure out, you know, this was kind of unprecedented where you just suspend a manager for a whole year. Like, what was last that was already with the Astros. That's what I'm saying. The Cardinals hacked him, and I was like, maybe he was being dirty when he was with the Cardinals. That's what I'm saying. So I just, I don't know, like... I thought about a lot of stuff that had gone down and I'm just like, eh, I don't know. But my thing is, if you're going to do all of that, here's where you need to It starts from the top down. And while the owner tried doing the best thing that he could do by uh, letting go of AJ Hans and uh, Lunau, you know, I think it's my understanding that the owner got $60 million off of the World Series share. Now, if baseball really wants to do something. Yeah, you can. I mean, the first and second round draft picks are the first, the next two draft classes. Like, that's a big deal. But if you want to do something, you need to hit them where it hurts. You should have reached in in the pockets and probably took half of those playoff shares away, uh, the winning World Series share away from uh, from the owner, is what I would have done. Uh, well, hold on. Of- well, Eric, let me ask you this. Let me go to your hometown baseball team, which is the Oakland Raiders. And with that being said, I, I, listen. You hit it, the the way to get. I've always said the way to, the way to get to any owner of a sports franchise is to hit him like you said where it hurts in the pockets, right? Yeah. Mike Frears brought brought the attention to this, yet he hasn't given back his ring and he hasn't given back the the share of the money that he made either. That's the dude that that was the whistleblower, wasn't it? The the pitcher for the Oakland yeah. A's right now. So that's what I'm saying. I'm like, so if you if you're so concerned about the integrity of the game, and I'm just saying that in context of what you said about 
you know, going into the playoff series. And it made me think, well, Mike, Mike Fears ain't gave back. He, he still has his World Series ring. He still got the money. And so if you really want to show us that you're, you you love the game, then right. you would. You, and, and now side note, E, because, I mean, we've both been NCOs, non-commissioned officers in the United States Army, right? Yeah. Four. So Mike Fears couldn't come. If he was in my unit, he couldn't come back to my unit. They no, would have hell to move no. They have, have to, to move him to a whole nother company. They would have to. They move him to a different brigade, bro. Bro, a division. Yeah. <laughs> they would have yeah. to move yeah. him out of like you couldn't be no like you couldn't be nowhere near where any of the troops that you told on was going to be because as an NCO, I can't babysit you, bro, because they're going yeah. to beat you up. Yeah. And like, I'm not. Gonna and I'm gonna be honest with you. If they do, I probably would turn the other way and be like, I don't know what happened. And that's what I'm saying. That that's so that's so disingenuous to me, man. It's disingenuous because you know you you go out here and you tell what they were doing, blase this and blase that. Like there, I put it like this: there there is no honor among thieves. I get that, but by the same token, when you go to the new team, you tell them. And, and Eric, I don't know if you know this or not. There was a back in back in 2017. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Back in yeah, back in 2017. The uh, manager for the Oakland A's during the homestand game here at Minute Maid Park told AJ, I know what you're doing, cut it out, or me and you're going to physically fist fight after the game. Mm. I know what you're doing, I know exactly what you're doing, cut it out. So they've been knowing because everybody does it. And so that's what I'm saying, E. When it comes back to Mike Fierce, I get it. You wanted to clean up baseball or whatever the case may be, but. Like, you can't go out here and tell and then keep the spoils. It's like if me and you robbed the bank and then I, I snitch on you, but I keep all the money that I still had. So I don't, uh, 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 with that being said, I want to say this and then I'm going to be quiet. My thing also was, well, my mindset when it came to this was, so I started to look back and dig into, okay, so if they, if they did do this, then where was it advantageous for them? Because if you look at the ALDS against the uh, New York Yankees that year, the Yankees outscored them 22 to 20. So I thought that the the, the goal was to, to cheat to score runs, but they got outscored. And then against in the World Series, the 2017 World Series against the Los Angeles Dodgers, E, the Dodgers had home field advantage that year. Tra- cheating don't travel. So everything they're doing in Minute Maid won't travel to Dodger Stadium. They had to play them four games there. They beat them there two games. They beat them in game seven there. Not only that, out of the three games that they played in Houston, they lost the game to the Dodgers. So I guess my mindset is when I hear the Dodgers complaining and crying, where was it advantageous for them if they had to, if you had home field advantage and you still got beat? Yeah, I mean, the valid points. I know I was looking at the stats where it showed the home stats. Their hitting was up a lot. Their hitting average, the batting average was a lot higher um, uh, versus their road. There was a huge disparity as far as their home stats versus the away stats. Um, they I had the, more road wins than they did. They had they were road warriors that year, which they were. So I don't know. I'm pretty sure that they didn't use that same technology at uh, Dodger Stadium, um, at Yankee Stadium. I don't know. I don't know where they, how it could have happened. Um, like I said, there's a there is an etiquette in cheating in baseball. As far as using Apple watches and having TV monitors in the dugout and outside in center field, 
I, I guess that's not cool, but I guess it's cool to be on second base and be like, hey, yo, it's a breaking ball, B. Like, I guess that's <laughs> cool. But as far as having some TV, you know, having having your Apple Watch showing signs and things like that, I guess it's not cool. But uh, I don't know, yeah, I bro. Don't- I don't condone it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to come on your podcast and be a hypocrite and say, "Hey, the Astros should cheat." I'm not saying that. It, it, it's and also, you know, if Rob Manfred comes out and tells you the commissioner, if your boss tells you, "Hey, we know what y'all doing. Chill out." And they didn't just send. They didn't just send that letter to the Astros. They sent that letter to the league, right. which lets you know because there's more than one team was doing it. Yeah, so there, there, there's eight more teams that has been implicated in this whole uh, sign stealing thing. So sign stealing scandal. So you know, for Rob Manfred to come out and tell you all to chill out and you still do it, that's disrespectful. So you get what you deserve. Also, yeah. Eric, this is what I want to say. Now, this is the part that I have, and I'm mad about Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball is a big do as I say, not as I do. Yep. Because you allowed the steroids era to go on during your watch, but now all of a sudden sign stealing is bad and you want to punish that, but you allow steroids era to go. Uh, Eric, I don't know if you knew this or not, but look at the amount of home runs hit in the regular season just last year when it was when the balls were juiced. The balls were juiced and jumping out the park, and when it came time for the playoffs, if you notice, there wasn't as many home runs in the playoffs year than it was in the regular season and not because the teams it weren't the amount of teams playing it was that the ball had changed even the pitchers had said yeah these balls feel different than uh the baseball it seems feel tighter yes it also and has so, to do with weather as well too though yeah but uh, uh, the astros playing in enclosed park when they went to washington you're going up to a, a, a colder climate with all doesn't travel fast uh, farther either Exactly. So, and, and uh, don't get me wrong, I get that. But what I'm saying is that the balls were juiced this past season. So I put it like this: the, let's not forget the, the the racial discrimination and how long it took for the African American to break into baseball. So what I'm saying is, baseball to me has always been a dirty sport. I mean, look at what they're doing to Pete Rose. Yet they cheat all the time. So it has always been mirrored and mired in scandal or something going on with Major League Baseball. I don't like the fact that when you want integrity, then you come out and say, well, this is what we're going to do to clean up the game and blase this. When it's not as advantageous for you, because another conspiracy theory that I have is, Eric, be honest. If you went out in your neighborhood, right, if you went to work tomorrow, right, and asked, let's just say, let's just say 20 people, hey, who won the World Series this year? How many of them do you think they're going to actually know won the World Series compared to if the Dodgers or the Yankees won? That's a very good question, bro, because I, I was home last weekend and I legitimately bet like, I bet someone a thousand dollars because he didn't believe me that the National, uh, the Washington Nationals won. He swore up and down <laughs> that the Nationals won. And I was like, bro, they did not. And I actually <laughs> want my money, bro. Like, I some real stuff. I really want my money. Because he was hey, like... That's, that's like two, who, won a, who won a Super Bowl two years ago? You remember? Was it the Patriots? That, that's what I, I love to do. And I didn't mean to cut your story off, but yeah. I love to do that, E, because I'm like, people remember that the Patriots played, but they don't remember that the Eagles won. Was it two years ago when the Eagles won? Three years ago. I should have said, my Three, bad. Two years yeah. ago, it was the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, what? No, 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 no. No. Two years, because this Super Bowl, the Patriots won Super Bowl last year. Two years ago, back the Eagles back. won it. Right? 
They beat the Rams last year and beat the Falcons when they were down 28 to 3. No, in after that 28 to 3, they lost to the Eagles that next year. Mm. They beat them they they beat them here in Houston. 28 to 3 was here in Houston. And then after that, Philly won and then they came back and they lost to I mean they beat the Rams last year. You so said what? Years, Two years ago, two years ago was the Eagles. No, it wasn't 2017. They beat the, uh, they beat the, uh, they beat the Falcons. They beat the so, Falcons. So what year? Okay, so you looking at the Super Bowl right now? Oh, you so 2018. So they beat the Falcons, then they lost to the Eagles, and then they beat the Rams. That's how it goes. Yeah. That's so they won two after. Yeah. So two years ago is the Eagles that won basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You're right. They, Hey Sarge, that's what I had said earlier, Sarge. Well, who? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, hey, hey, look, <laughs> River Raiders. After you, yeah, chill out, man. Chill, <laughs> chill, chill so, man. That's all I'm saying is that you know nobody remembers that the Washington Nationals won, and that was just a couple of months ago. Nobody remembers really won the World Series. It really and was. So they know Strasburg. Oh yeah, Strasburg. Yeah, Steven Strasburg pitched for them, right? And so they they're finding any way to stay relevant. That's yeah. all I got on that. I'm still gonna listen. I'm still gonna wear my replica ring. I'm still gonna wear my 2017 World Series champs. I'm like, I don't care if you put an asterisk at the front and the back. Like you could put a asterisk frame around the Houston Astros World Series championship, and I'm. It ain't gonna, gonna like, mean nothing. It ain't. Yeah, they don't. It ain't gonna mean. It happened. So just like in college basketball when they vacate. Uh, what's my man's name in Syracuse? Uh, Jim Bay. Jim, Jim Bay. They vacated a whole bunch of his wins. Uh, uh, football as well. Uh, what's the guy's name that took over before? Who's the Florida State coach before Jimbo Fisher? Bobby, uh, uh, what's the oh, guy? What's Bob the, Bob, yeah, like they, they vacated a whole bunch of his wins. Like that Bad stuff five. happened. Yeah, like you can't, it happened, bro. So you could go ahead and try to erase history. Reggie Bush is another instance. Like you could try to take all that stuff away, but it happened. And if it happened, it happened. You can't sit there and pull out a men in black uh deneuralizer and think that we ain't seen it. Like it ain't that's impossible, bro. So um I, at the end of the day, you can revacate the title, give it to the Dodgers or whoever you want to CC Sabathia talking about calling us a championship. How, bro? Y'all didn't even beat the Astros to get to the World Series. Like, what are you talking about, bro? Like, come on, man. Stop it, man. So exactly. I mean, it is what it is. It's just it's, but I mean, Alex Cora, bro, like he gotta get a, a minimum. If they say that he the ringleader, he gotta get a minimum of five or a lifetime ban, bro. He grimy, bro. He gotta go. Is that is it a lifetime ban? I would. Yeah. If you're gonna sit there and bet bet on games and ban Pete Rose, then yeah, yeah, you got a lifetime ban, bro. Not to mention you go from one franchise and do it in the very next franchise. That won a championship back to back, bro. Hey, man, I'm just saying, I, he he got to, bro. He ha, he has to go, like he has to go, period. But then again, Eric, I mean, yeah, put him out of Major League Baseball, but then he'll pop up on some, like they'll give him a year or two to sit down, and then next thing you know, he'll pop up on some major major network. I mean, if A Rod got a job promoting Major League Baseball. Everybody should have a job promoting Major League Baseball. I wouldn't care if they caught uh, what's the guy's name, Braun? Like you catch Braun, oh, Ryan Braun, huh? yeah, Ryan, Ryan Braun. Yeah, you can catch him with a needle in his butt 
And, he, and for those of y'all know, it's the outfielder from the Milwaukee, Milwaukee Brewers who said that uh, his, his test got tainted by a courier, right? Yeah, he beat it that way, and he actually won. The courier took it home, but he never opened it, right? He never tampered with it. Somehow he beat the case. He surely did. And so, But he got you busted got, again, though. Hey, look, if you got Mark McGuire being able to work in Major League Baseball, bro, then Alex Cora, A.J. Hinch, and Jeff Luna will be back. I'll say A.J. Hinch will get a coaching. Uh, he'll be a manager before Alex Cora. I do know that for a fact. Yes, I believe you. I think so. I think so. Well, with that being said, man, we've had a great show, uh, as always, on the Sports Business Podcast. But we definitely got to give out that big dummy of the day, B.B., uh, you want to go first or you want me to go first? It's up to you, man. I'm going to let you go first. So I, I got to thinking, I don't know if this is a big, if it's a dummy or if, if, if this is a dummy of the day or I was just like, dang, y'all ain't had this type of stuff, bro? Like, so I'm just going to put out some facts. So I don't know how many of y'all watch the WNBA, but, you know, the WNBA, for those who don't know, um, just were able to renegotiate their CBA. BB, did you know that like the top players don't even make like five hundred thousand dollars? Yep. So, bro, so so they had to renegotiate the contract for now that they're playing. Like I'm reading through some of the stuff, the collective bargaining agreement, and so the players like didn't have paid maternity leave. Like what? Like my <laughs> job gives you paid maternity leave. Like yeah. Like for real. Um, another thing <laughs> what they that they had was. Um, uh, they they get uh, they get their own hotel room, so they don't have to share their rooms anymore. Like, what is this summer camp? Like, what the hell is going on here? They so they, they, have, they get chartered planes yet? No, because every team can't afford chartered planes, so they still gotta fly commercial. Gotcha. So they were able to renegotiate their salaries, where they're gonna be earned. The top players will earn up to five hundred thousand, but the, I think the median average is still around seventy-five to one hundred thousand dollars on the contract. Bro, so I'm reading through this and I'm just like, bro, like these are some like common basic benefits that these women should be having. Like, how is this possible that they've been playing for almost, how long the WNBA been in existence? For almost 20 years now? Probably longer yes. than that now, right? They've been there for a long time. Yeah, about 20, 25 years now, right? Yeah, because like, I remember at one point- The, the Houston Comets? Comets yeah, the Houston, yeah, the Houston Comets won like the first four, right? Shell yes. Swoots and all them girls? Yeah, so we're talking about late, yeah, mid 90s. So I was looking at that and I was just like, bro, you tell me that these pioneer women who like were, I mean, I'm thinking about that 96 women's basketball team with uh, Lisa Leslie, Rebecca Lobo, Shell Swoop, like all of them didn't have like these basic like accommodations. How is that possible, bro? In 2020, how is it possible? So I guess you could say WNBA, I'm so glad that they were able to fix it. I still think that they need to step the game up a little bit, but um, Looking at a lot of the uh, social media platforms, Skylar Diggins, Cambridge uh, 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 from Las Vegas, uh, they all seem very, very happy about it. So if they're happy with it, I'm happy about it. But man, they got to, whoo, bro, they look like they was living in some tough times. Now I see why they go overseas and they play overseas and they make all of their money because they wasn't making anything out here to even have somewhat of an account, uh, 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 somewhat of a lifestyle, uh, you know, a, a comfortable lifestyle here in America, man. I guess my question would be is where did they find the money from all of a sudden? Because that was the thing that kept hindering them from from having all this stuff that they have now in this new collective bargaining agreement that they just negotiated. Like if you can all of a sudden 
give them money like that? Where has it been? The attendance yeah. hasn't changed. And so that yeah. was always my question was, I understand that the WNBA, you know, the ladies wanted more money. As they should, they deserved it. I'm not saying that they didn't deserve it. Mm. My only question was always was, where's the money going to come from? Are you generating enough revenue with the television deals and the attendance and selling the apparel? You got to see what the revenue split is then. Is the revenue that, split 50-50 or 70-30? That's where it might come into play. And so that's what I'm saying. I mean, I the WNBA still has the same numbers. So where's mm-hmm. the money coming from all of a sudden? Which makes me say that if y'all can give them this money now, then the pioneers of this league, you owe them back pay. Oh, you for sure. Them. Yeah. Because if you can do that right now, that means that, that meant that you could always do it. And it, it has not been fair. And I love that the fact that the ladies from this uh, uh, from this point forward, those WNBA players are going to get paid. Yeah. And what about the Cheryl Swoops and the Cynthia Coopers and the Tina Thompsons and the Lisa Don Staley's and the yeah. Carol Lawson's? Like, what about those players who had to scrap and have playing the WNBA and go play overseas just mm-hmm. to make ends meet away from their families or they got to go out and get part-time jobs yeah. you know I feel like the WNBA should I mean I feel like the NBA should set up some compensation package for those young ladies and it doesn't have to be an enormous amount but they have enough money coming some out some type of, of pension plan right well I think they have a pension plan but what I'm saying is like there's some type I, I mean the, the NBA you know they are getting paid with these television deals that they've brokered with ESPN the local channels yes and so you know there's money out there i feel like you know i feel like they should say okay so whoever will go back and we'll look at the rosters and for the people for for the young ladies who play from this time frame to this time frame we're going to give everybody an additional five thousand dollars and you can get espn you can get disney to write that check tomorrow yeah it would no no hesitation they'll make the money back because the NBA is basically the parent, parent owner of the WNBA. Like, you know, like David Stern's the one that incorporated the WNBA. So it's not like there isn't any type of Overwatch with the NBA not helping. I don't know, like I wish the NBA is supplying some type of financial assistance for them. But I'm just looking at like it, they didn't have paid maternity leave. Like, bro, what? Like, how are you the WNBA and these are women? You know that eventually may want to start a family you mean to tell me that they're not even going to get paid while they're on maternity leave like bro like i don't know a job that isn't really giving out paid maternity leave in today's day and age but apparently the WNBA was one of the jobs where you didn't have that benefit like how how bro that is crazy bro look look you're not giving hold on the men get maternity leave they do in the nba they do they give them a couple of games off bro and the and the women who actually can have the babies, you don't get them. That's nothing. That is crazy, bro. So uh, that's mine, bro. But who you got, uh, BB? Who's yours, bro? So I wanted to give it to the NFL Hall of Fame for not putting a guy who played in the league eleven years, had seven thousand eight hundred twenty-two yards and forty-eight touchdowns over his career, and Drew Pearson, who used to play wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, mm. for them not to put him in the Hall of Fame. I just don't understand it. 
they snubbed him again. I get it. I got it. But at some point, man, you're going to have to put him in. I, I, I just, if Harold Carmichael can get into the Hall of Fame, Drew Pearson should definitely get into the Hall of Fame. And I'm a, I like Harold Carmichael. Side note, E, I don't think that Bill Cowher should have been in the NFL Hall of Fame. That's just me, though. That's, that may be just me. That's the, maybe the unpopular you know, thing, unpopular. Thing. It's funny that you say that because I'm like, I don't know if Jimmy Johnson should be in the Hall of Fame. Mm, I think Jimmy Johnson did more for the game than Bill Cowher. You think about it, his Miami days, and then. But we're talking about pro yeah. football Hall of Fame, not college football. So, if, 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 okay, so. If so, Canton is two different things. So, Canton and then the uh, college football Hall of Fame, those are two different things. I know what I'm saying is so in totality, but we, okay. can, we can remove. But okay, okay, but yeah, okay, okay. You got a good point when you're talking that. about the U. Okay, you're talking about a guy who won what two back to back Super Bowls. He ran the back to back. He ran the back to back. It took a team from one in fifteen and one. They they were one in fifteen his first year when they got Troy Aikman. Right. And, they got, and he traded away Herschel Walker, right? Yes, he traded away Herschel Walker, and so he took the Dallas, which Cowboys. is a great deal. Yeah, he took the Dallas Cowboys <coughs> nothing, especially coming off. You, you, you think about it like this. That Dallas Cowboys team and fan base was coming off uh, uh, with, when uh, Jerry Jones fired Tom Landry. Like, we lost the icon. And I say we because I'm a diehard Dallas Cowboy fan. Yeah. Like, Tom Landry was an icon, and you fired him and brought in Jimmy Johnson. But, you know, hey, look, the, the end results, you got, we, you got, you know, three Super Bowls out of And then he so went Jimmy, to Miami Dolphins. And didn't yeah. do nothing there. No, he didn't. But just his contributions and what he did with the Cowboys alone, man, I'm just like, I, I, I can't look. And did I, he go to New Orleans and coach there too? Who? Did he go to New Orleans and coach? I don't know. Okay. I, I can't remember. So anyway, that's you know we could have that. So he won. Did he win two or three? Because Barry Switzer won one. They only won three. So he only got two, and Barry Switzer got the third one. So Barry Switzer, if we, remember we were talking earlier about the asterisk put behind the Astros championship. So that's the asterisk for that should really be Jimmy Johnson's then, right? Well, Jimmy Johnson really got like three. Because okay. Barry Switzer didn't do nothing but sit there and give you old. Kind of like John Green with the Tampa Bay one. Exactly, he give you these old country stories and come right, with right, these right, country right. anecdotes. And so, but I I, I want to give my big dummy of the day to Antonio Brown and. Bruh. Let me start off by saying this. That young man needs help. And I've been saying this yeah. on more than one occasion. Somebody needs to get this young man help. They've got to. And Antonio Brown, if you listen to this, you know, the millions of people, the millions of people who are going to hear this podcast, somebody pass this on to Antonio Brown and say, hey, man, over on the Sports Business Podcast, uh, Mr. Town Business and Big Sarge said that, you know, those are veterans who have been deployed, who deal with PTSD, who deal with mental health issues, say that they recognize that you may have a mental health issue. They're not trying to diagnose you because they don't have the doctorate degree or the credentials to diagnose you. But if they're just on the outside looking in and knowing that they deal with mental health issues, looking at you, they recognize it and they know it. And so you need to go get some help. And until you get some help, I'm going to tell you like this. I don't think Antonio Brown should come back to, to – I don't think that he should be allowed to come back to the NFL. He set out this year. They should suspend him for two more years. Sit out three years, and then you'll realize that what you've been doing and the way you're going about it is the wrong way. Eric, there is no possible way right now. Antonio Brown can't even – he couldn't get a Geico commercial if he wanted to. They wouldn't bring him on. He, he couldn't promote uh, Capri Suns right now. 
like bro, the like, PAL Police Athletic League has already denounced him. Like they they've given his money, like any contributions that he's given to the Police Athletic League, which is like basically every little like little league sports thing that every child has probably partaken. They've already given their money away and gave it back to him, saying we don't want no parts of you, man. He can't even get in the XFL. He can't get in the lingerie league, bro. Nobody wants him. He's made him his own self toxic. With that being said, this latest incident, I got two problems with it, and I'm going to shut up, E. The first problem I have is your kids are right there, man. It's so disturbing. Your children are right there. One of the things, God God rest her soul, my late wife, Jamila, man, I love her. I, I love her like no other. And the one thing that we came in, we have a combined five kids together. Five kids. Do you know not one time, not one time did we ever argue in front of them. That's how it's supposed Never. to be. Yeah. We always show the united front. And if we were having issues, we wait till we got behind closed doors. But those kids right now will can tell you, we ain't never heard, we never heard uh Brian cuss at our mama. And I didn't. I never even when we had discussion, I cuss at her for what? You're not my right. child, you're my wife. Right. So right. You know, they didn't see they they've never seen a time where we've gotten into it in front of them because one, I respect her, she respected me, and we're not gonna do this in front of the kids because they're impressionable. Mm-hmm. You have three young kids watching you act a fool, Antonio, and the more that you act a fool in front of them, the more they're gonna remember when they get older and they're going to resent you and they're gonna say they don't wanna have anything to do with you because of the way that you treated their mom. I don't, I never could understand how these fathers don't understand that at the end of the day, yes, there's a lot of kids out there that be like, oh, I'm a daddy's girl or, you know, you know, pops. But at the end of the day, we're all mama's boys and all yeah. mama's girls. Yeah. We love our mama like no other. Daddy, eh, all right, pops, we love you, but mama is the one. And yeah. to see you disrespect their mother in front of them, Antonio Brown, you need help, bro. That's the first thing. Second thing is, E, where in what masculine handbook have you ever read keep penis-shaped gummies on hand just in case you got to use them? Just in case your baby mama start acting a fool and you got to throw them out in the middle of the street and say, here you go, eat a you-know-what. Eric, what heterosexual male do you know keeps penis-shaped gummies and not only that if you can afford to throw that bag where are the other ones and are they open and who's been over here eating them have you been eating them what have you been doing but e i will say this everybody should have known that when antonio brown was twerking in the end zone and y'all call me crazy not you per se but other people <laughs> call me crazy. he's just dancing no man should pop their booty like that that's why i never ever did the stanky leg and i never let my sons do it i'm done yeah, bro. Like, I I don't even know where you can acquire the uh, a man's genitalia uh, gummy bears. Nor do I really want to know. But the fact that you had some bags on deck just to be tossing them, I, I mean, it just it's just another calling saying that, bro. You just need some help, man. Like, I don't know if you just came from a bachelorette party and they were just out there handing them out. I don't know, and I really don't want to know. But what I do know is. You need help, AB. Like, you 100% need some help. You need to go check into the nearest mental institution and just talk your problems out, man, because it's just not... Every day, it's not getting any better. Even from the whole 
the New Orleans Saints gave him a workout and he talking about it was a publicity stunt like, do you want to play football or do you not? My answer right now is you probably don't need to be playing football. You just need to sit out and you need to just consult. Like, you just need to go through some consultation and you just need to like, I think Bontez Burke, the hits he laid on him, bro. I mean, they didn't do him no justice, bro. Like, it really didn't help him out at all. And this is literally, you know, a, a, a sign of somebody who needs help, man. And I don't know I don't know, like, maybe, I don't know if Tony Dungy can even help this dude out. Like, I think Tony Dungy would be a great mentor to just pull this dude to the side, but he's the opposite thing of Josh Gordon, bro. Like, Josh Gordon has substance abuse problems. This dude has mental, mental issues, man. I just don't get it, man. I don't. And I put it like this. I wish somebody, I wish I would get in somebody's vehicle and they playing and I, Antonio Brown CD. Let me tell you something. I'd rather listen to Le'Veon Bell CD on repeat. Yeah, or Kobe Bryant's. Oh, hard. Chris Webber, horrible. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Iman Shumpert. <laughs> Kobe Bryant. Huh? Would you? Uh, well, let's see who else. Iman Shumpert. Uh, uh, uh. What's my man name? Victor Oladipo. Actually, he can sing. Actually. Actually, he can. He's 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 not that bad. Actually. Uh, see how you almost tried to play that man? E. Yeah. Actually, I have to think. Yeah, I take that back. It's not that hey man, uh, uh, before we end this podcast, so first of all, I never knew that The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, I never knew that his daddy was a wrestler. He's a third generation wrestler. Yeah, Rocky Solomon Johnson. You know Rocky Johnson just passed away, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, this just came across the new, the, the wire. Oh, Dwayne Johnson's dad, WWE superstar, Rocky Solomon Johnson dead at the age of 75. I never oh. knew The Rock's dad was a wrestler. Yeah, that was my daddy's favorite wrestler, man. Really? Yeah, Rocky Soul Man Johnson, yeah. Dang, man. So yeah, um, you know, uh, on behalf of uh on behalf of uh Big Star Sports, yeah. I'm gonna condolence, my condolences out to the rock and yeah, yeah, I would have said sports business, but I ain't the host. Nah, well yeah, you are <laughs> you're you're good co host. Oh wow, that's <laughs> that's a big deal, man. It's a big yeah. deal in the wrestling world, man. So on behalf of the Sports Business Podcast, yeah, prayers up. We want to send our condolences out to the to the Johnson family, and yeah. you know Johnson slash my via family. Yeah, and I know that you you know that you're hurt, especially someone who actually has like a real WWE tag team championship. Yeah, I do got one. So, um, and then also, uh, you know, I did lose another family member. So my 98 year old uncle, oh, man, that was crazy. So. Um, you know, prayers out to my family right now. Um, uncle, he was everyone. Like my uncle was, Uncle Roddy was everyone's uncle, man. So, um, Dang, yeah, I'm so sorry, man. It's like, yeah, bro, I, you need a vacation, man, because every time you turn around, something. Yeah, is, it's been, it's, yeah. So, um, it was crazy because I just saw him um, last for a game, right? Yeah. So he's actually like the biggest 49er fan like ever. He used to have season tickets and stuff. Dude's got a 49er shrine. He actually got a Super Bowl ring. Um, they, I think he got, they gave him a Super Bowl ring, like a legit ring. He has a legit ring. He's got like a cleat signed by Jerry Rice, gloves signed by Jerry Rice, stuff signed by Joe Montana, like pictures with his, with everybody that you could think of. But um, nah, man, he was everybody's uncle, bro. And he was the one that kind of uh, just taught you how to do things in life, man. Like he was the first one that kind of showed you, you know how you go to the gas station, you leave, you know, you put the pump up, you try to round it up the nearest, the nearest dollar, the nearest five or 10, you know, you try to get that even number. Like he taught me how to do stuff like that. Taught you how to work around the house. But the cool thing about Karate was this dude was like, the, like if a new video camera came out, 
that Joker had the, the, the latest and greatest thing, man. Like he was always hip to, he always had everything that you could possibly think of. And he was also the, the, the most, uh, he had the biggest heart that you could ever think of, man. Always uh, welcomed, welcomed you in his house. You know, whether he was cooking something, doing something in his backyard, man, he always made you feel like you was at, you know, you was one of, one of his kids, man. So um, I got to see him literally the day before he passed. Um, I, legitimately, that's the reason why I went uh, went home. And so it kind of was just, in, uh, it kind of just fell into place when the Vikings played the 49 and I was like, well, since I'm here, I might as well go to the game. And right as I was heading out to Santa Clara, I don't know if you've ever been in that stadium leaving San Francisco, but it's a hype. So I'm getting ready and I get the phone call saying that he passed away. And I was just like, bruh, how? Like I had just seen him the day before and they were talking about sending him home. But um, I'm glad I got to spend the afternoon with him. I mean, like, he was really, really still upbeat, um, still had all of his senses. Um, I always try to make sure I want to go see him every time I went home. But, uh, you know, he's, he's in greater pastures and he's he's at peace now and he can rest easily. So, um, you know, I feel like I'm losing more people down here and, you know, heaven's gaining more people. But, you know, such is life and it goes on and, you know, you just make sure you just got to, uh, you know, hold on to your people here a little bit more tighter, man. Hey, man, you know, my, my condolences, bro, I definitely understand, man. So, so I'm going to so. have to get out there one one weekend and we're going to have to sit down and chop it up and do... Uh, For sure, I, man. You know, I've never been to Vegas. You need to come, man. You need to come. And I keep I'm saying I need... to get your new house. When, when you get your new house, I'm going to be there. Sounds like a plan, bro. With that being said, Beaver, tell me where to find you at, Brody. Hey, man, you can find me at Big Star Sports with a Z at, on Twitter and on Instagram, BigStarSports.com and Big Star Big Star Sports on YouTube and go to Houston Style Magazine and click on that sports section and read one of my articles. It's really you dope. Know, this week is going to be about the collapse of the Houston Texans and where do they go from here and what do they do with Bill O'Brien? Mm, very good questions. Very, very interesting offseason that you guys, the Houston Texans are leading into. But uh, And check out the Sports Big Sarge, uh, oh Lord, Sports Talk with Big Sarge's podcast. It's also a yes. nice little uh, tidbit that he has going on there with my boy BB right there. It's a great podcast. Not as in depth as ours. He gives gives you like a couple of segments here and there. Very very quick, fast, in a hurry. So his sport, his podcasts are really really dope as well. So go check. I'm that old. Out. Yeah, I have to get everything off at one time. I feel it, bro. So <laughs> I feel it. So if you can check that out, that's available on all platforms as well. My name is Eric Compton, aka Mr. Time Business. You can find me on the gram at Money Compton. You can also find me on Twitter at Eric T. Compton and email the show sportsbusiness at gmail.com. That's S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S at gmail.com. Other than that, bro, y'all have a great weekend. Happy championship weekend. Because after this, it's Super Bowl Sunday coming up, baby. Huh? Hey, I'm out. out.